KFI AM 640. Bill Handel here. I want to share with you um, a topic that we have talked about forever, and that is uh, a basic premise where doctors used to be put on pedestals. I mean, if a doctor said, I'm talking about doctor doctors, not dentist doctors, certainly not PhD doctors, and certainly not the kind of doctor I am, a JD doctor. I'm talking about real doctors. Uh, although I'm sure a few dentists would get upset with me about saying that. So uh, doctors used to be put on pedestal and whatever a pedestal and whatever a doctor said, basically you did, especially your doctor. Today, uh, it's, a, it's effectively fake news. Uh, doctors, real medicine, are either equivalent to or below alternative crazy-ass medicine. Uh, Dr. Nina Shapiro, who's a real doctor, 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 uh, I'm assuming that's correct, right, Nina? Correct. Okay. Correct. Uh, and I'm sure you have seen this. What is going on that the kind of medicine you practice somehow uh, has less credibility uh, than eating peach pits for cancer treatments? What, what is going on with that? That's a great option. Um, you know, I think there's just been an increasing mistrust of, you know, this us and them mentality of, you know, the doctors are out to get you, healthcare is is a scam, and, and, you know, people feel, you know, they have access to so much more quick information that people are more and more inclined to find out information on their own and decide what they think is right for them and, and go ahead and use that. It, it, but what is the thinking? Because uh, there's no logic to it. There's a conspiracy theory that pharmaceutical companies are buying up every single drug that actually does anything to make sure you keep on paying huge money. Same thing with you as a doctor. Uh, you're making sure you don't cure people because you want to keep them coming back and put money in your pocket. Uh, how, how long has this been going on in your experience? I think it's been increasing over the last decade or two, and part of it is exactly what you said, this con- conspiracy theory that we're out there, you know, we're in it for the money, the pharmaceutical industry is purely in it for the money, and it has nothing to do with actually caring for, treating uh, patients, preventing illness. It's all about just, you know, that we're just single-minded in that way. So, you know, I think that it's just increased with increasing access to the Internet and looking up your own symptoms. Alternative medicine can be used. You don't need a prescription. You can just go to any sort of health food store and get get natural med- medicine that's not really medicine, but just really placebo. And people feel more empowered by doing that. And it's people don't realize or they don't understand, because I'm going to make a point here, is why are people like you, uh, Nina, a medical doctor, why do you care less about people and are more interested in making money than the guy who owns the supplemental uh, medicine store? That's exactly my point. That you know, people think that that's sort of a pure, you know, a more pure. Uh, vocation than than medicine and you know unfortunately there is you know that conspiracy theory that you know we're out to to, to just you know single-mindedly make money and and use the expensive stuff when you can go and get stuff that is actually potentially even more expensive and costly in many ways than than actually you know going to see a doctor or getting medicine by prescription 
people have that illusion that that the other the other guys are, are sort of more pure when actually they're the ones who are mm. probably making more money off of this. Well, let me throw nonsense. something at you, uh, and I want you to comment on this because again, you've experienced this throughout the years, and that is the cost of pharmaceuticals are so insane uh, that people almost have no choice. It's either no drugs or the peach pits. Uh, or, you know, the bark that you get uh, off of some bizarre tree. So, yeah, I mean, a lot of pharmaceuticals are, uh, you know, sky-high, you know, roof prices that are just ridiculous. And, and it is true. And, part, you know, part of it is people don't realize the money that goes into to making these drugs and, the you know, the research and the development and the years and years of proving that they're safe and uh, effective. So there is a lot of cost behind a pill. Um, but you know, it, but it is a problem. A lot of these prices are through the roof, and and it's it's driving people away from conventional medicine to to alternative options, which you know are often for the negative. And obviously, you know, if insurance is a problem, and if you don't have good health insurance, and and many of us don't, um, you know, the, a lot of these prescriptions yeah. are not covered, and and it's a huge. I agree, it's a huge problem. Nina, what kind of medicine do you practice? If I can ask, I am an ear, nose, and throat surgeon. Oh, you're an ENT. Oh, exactly. good for you. So, yeah. do you ever go to women? Uh, WebMD to figure out what uh, someone's problem is? <laughs> I use a lot of websites. I don't usually use WebMD for, for you know, myself to find somebody's uh, diagnosis. But, you know, we doctors, we all, we all use the Internet. We use Google, um, you know, if somebody presents with something and we can't quite figure it out. But we tend to use more of the, you know, the scholarly academic sites, you know, Google Scholar or PubMed um, when, you know, when we're puzzled. Or we'll ask a colleague. You know, we do, yeah. we do searches, but usually not WebMD to find out what's wrong with the patient. Now, Hopefully wait, not. Yeah, well, whatever. Uh, yeah, I, I just have a vision of a doctor looking up WebMD. Uh, as far as your patients are concerned, uh, have you noticed that you have less credibility with them over the years simply because of the hype that's going on? Yes, I mean it's it's you know in some ways it's for the good because patients come in armed with a lot of information and they often come in with their own plan whether it's for themselves or for their child as far as what is the next step in care and what they you know what type of surgery they would like and how the surgery would they would like to be done um, so there is a lot less credibility we used to joke that you want a second opinion I'll tell you again That's there's funny. your second opinion um, but it, you know yes doctor thank you doctor and it's you know I think it's for the most part it's for the good, patients are more educated. They they know about disorders. Um, they know why they're at the doctor, as opposed to just my other doctor sent me here. So for the most part, it's actually been for the good. Even if we do have a little less credibility, the problem is all the information that people are getting is so muddied and mixed with nonsense that we sort of end up having to delve through the hype and the hokum and yep. get them, you know, to something that sound information. Let me stick you on hold a minute. I want to come back. Uh, I have a few more questions to ask, if you don't mind. Sure. Okay, Nina Shapiro, who wrote a book called Hype, A Doctor's Guide to Medical Myths, Exaggerated Claims, Bad Advice. That's every doctor I've ever gone to. Uh, we'll be right back with uh, Nina Shapiro. Uh, this is KFI. Okay. Welcome back. Uh, Handle here, and uh, Nina Shapiro is uh, my guest. Uh, she's a doctor, an ENT person, and she wrote a book called Hype, A Doctor's Guide to Medical Myths, Exaggerated Claims, and Bad Advice, How to Tell What's Real and What's Not. Nina, uh, through your years of practice, 
Uh, what have you heard the most that is pure hype and pure crapola in your field as an ENT? Um, one of the things, a couple things that I hear, one has to do with the flu shot. And, you know, because the flu involves sometimes some ENT problems, some breathing problems. So one of the, the biggest hypes I hear is, I only get the flu when I get the flu shot. And that's complete nonsense. You know, the, the flu shot does not cause the flu. It prevents the flu. So um, that's, that's a big area of hype that I hear. Another one is um, vitamin C prevents colds. And so I take vitamin C when I feel a cold coming on and my cold doesn't come on. And there's, that's fine if you feel that it helps your cold. It's not harmful, but it's not really doing anything to prevent your cold. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. Uh, when you think about it, yeah, where did this, uh, the business uh, of the flu shot or any vaccine and autism start? Because I've talked to people and I look at them and I go, what, what are you talking about? Uh, because their chances are that your kid has gone to McDonald's and that's a better connection uh, that autism is caused by a Big Mac than it is by a vaccine. Uh, so where did this start and how does it, how does it gain credibility? So it started um, about 20 years ago when a false article was published in The Lancet, which is a big journal. Andrew Wakefield published an article connecting the MMR, which is the measles, mumps, rubella vaccine, to pervasive developmental disorders, which is often known as autism. And even though that was 12 kids and they found that the study was completely fraudulent and false, it got some traction, mainly in Hollywood, frankly. Um, a lot of, you know, stars um, were, were sort of buying into this. And because autism oftentimes presents at about 12 to 15 months, when these vaccines are given, people would put the connection together, even though it was purely just true, true, and unrelated. Timing had nothing to do with the vaccine, but it seemed like it did. And this just continued to grow, and autism is on the rise. Vaccines are given commonly. So it's, it's very easy to say, oh, my child has autism because of the vaccine, even though it's purely just related to the same time that these things happened. How many doctors uh, out there are crazy when it comes to this sort of stuff? Uh, much like uh, the creationists uh, bring up PhDs and they bring forth uh, these people that had ostensibly good credentials. Uh, in, in the course of your experience, how many doctors are just nuts? Thankfully, there are only a handful. But, you know, these are pretty powerful doctors, some in Los Angeles, some in Orange County, who who sort of buy into this notion, and, you know, part of it is just pandering to their patients, that um, there could be a, a connection between vaccines and autism, so I will go along with the patient and give them their own vaccine schedule, which is completely made up and not safe, or they'll agree that the patient doesn't necessarily need vaccines. Um, so thankfully, it's just a handful of doctors on, on both coasts and probably in the, you know, the center of the country as well that, that are sort of buying into this nonsense. And, you know, but, you know, these have, you know, pretty powerful patients and, and occasionally large patient populations. So that information spreads. They write books about it and these books get published and, you know, it just keeps, you know, spreading this nonsense. How, how do you feel about uh, acupuncture, for example? I'm thinking of trying it because I have a back issue of going to a Chinese restaurant and have needles stuck in my back. Uh, do you ever uh, either pre uh, prescribe it or think that it's valid? And I'm sure that has changed over the last uh, several years. So, so things like acupuncture or, you know, complementary medicine, you know, certainly do have a role if you have tried conventional 
treatment and it has not helped or you know and you you know when you do something like that if you have back pain you want to make sure that you don't have a problem that would require surgery or require other right. sort of medication or you know you have some sort of back tumor or some you know horrible thing that you're going to treat with with something like acupuncture or you know you know experimental or you know non-approved medication um, you know, I think there is a role for that as, an, as sort of a complementary to conventional medicine. And, and, you know, if it makes you feel better, that's certainly fine, but it's not really the, you know, first-line treatment for anything. But how do you feel? You're okay with it, basically. I'm okay with it if there's nothing else really going on. If it's purely for pain and it makes you feel better, then it's fine. It sounds very placebo-like to me. It is placebo, uh, which works. Uh, yeah, well, I know. I understand. I mean, uh, obviously, when all the testing that I've read about, uh, there's X number of people just get better with sugar pills just by the fact they think they're going to get better. Right. And even if they know they're taking a sugar pill, they can still feel better. Hey, just amazing. a quick question, just uh, off topic for a, mi- uh, a moment. Where'd you go to med school? Harvard. Holy moly. And so they, you actually learned your lessons in English as opposed to Spanish. <laughs> Yeah, Latin. It was all in Latin. That's very funny. That is uh, hilarious. So anyway, the book that uh, Nina wrote, uh, Nina Shapiro, MD, uh, uh, Hype, just Hype, H-Y-P-E, A Doctor's Guide to Medical Myths, Exaggerated Claims, and Bad Advice. Not like that's not happening out there. How to Tell What's Real and What Is Not. Uh, Nina, thank you. Thank Uh, you. A great pleasure to have you. A lot of fun. This is uh, KFI AM 640. Okay.